0: Sisters and Brothers, a man by the name of John Fawcett became a minister after hearing the preaching of George Whitefield. And if those of you who are um, familiar with the Great Awakening uh, will recognize that name. has some Methodist connections and important um, part of the Great Awakening in our, in our country in particular and certainly in other places in the world, you could say. Uh, it's been said about George Whitfield that he was the first true celebrity uh, in all of history. Think about that, a preacher as the first celebrity. John Fawcett heard George Whitfield preach and decided that he wanted to become a minister as well. He was ordained and he moved to a town called Waynesgate in England. Now the church that he was sent to minister with, it was said this about... The people, people were all farmers and shepherds, poor as Job, an uncouth law whose speech one could hardly understand, unable to read or write. Most of them pagans cursed with vice and ignorance and wild tempers. The established church had never Only the humble Baptist had sent an itinerant preacher there, and he had made a good beginning. Sounds like a good church, amen? (laughs) So as the story is told, a little while later, Mr. John Fawcett was apparently a pretty good writer, speaker, preacher, all of that, and a more prestigious parish offered him a job, which he accepted. John and his wife, Mary, they were prepared to move. They had all the things ready, and on moving day, a very Methodist thing, moving day, all their belongings were boarded on the buggy. It was at the final moment Mary looked at all those people who were, who were as poor as Job's turkey, looked at John and said, I can't stand it, John. I know not how to go. And John looked at her and said, Lord, have me, Mary. Lord, can I stand it? We will unload the wagon. And he looks at the church and says, we've changed our minds. We are going to stay. And the rest of the church no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The church responded with joy. Everyone was happy. And John went on to serve that church for 54 years, his entire ministry. Now, doesn't that sound like a Hallmark movie? Right? The reason why I tell you, John Foster, you may not know his name, but I'm sure you probably most of us recognize uh, at least one hymn that he's written. And it's it's Widely thought that perhaps his experience here at Waynesgate was behind, is what maybe motivated when he wrote the words to him, Blessed be the tie that binds. How could he leave this church whom he has loved, he has poured his life out into, that they have poured their out into him. John and his wife had four children. They weren't quite making it on a preacher's salary. They weren't quite making it on the sheep and on the the church gave, but it seems like John understood that there was something more at work than just being paid for a job. John experienced something that I'm convinced that many of us have experienced. Amen? I'm convinced that John experienced something the apostles so knew about and I'm convinced John experienced something then in, in the 1700s that the world today with all of our modern selves that we need to experience and to have again pay attention sisters and brothers and if you watch news as you read this and you watch what the group is doing all these kinds of things and you, you'll realize something the world has separated us. The world has convinced us that our differences, whether that be differences of opinion, differences about ways of doing things, are, are they can't be reconciled. That we're so divided, that we're so different, there's no way we can live in unity, even in the church. The world has separated us, they've made us All of these differences are insurmountable. Sometimes they've even made us believe it's not even worth it to try. I believe the world needs a different message. And thanks be to God, I'm convinced that Christ, that God, that the faith that we share is and gives that different message. Because what our faith tells us is that there are no distinctions. Yes, sisters and brothers, there's gonna be some Methodists that wake up in glory one day and wonder how all these Baptists get up here. <laughs> because these differences, let's be real for a second. Let's make sure we all understand, these differences are not God's differences. They're ours. That's right. Now, we disagree about things, we have certain ways of doing things, and that's okay. God can still be glorified, even in our weakness. Amen. Amen. But let's be real. These things don't have to divide us. These things don't have to make us feel like we are worlds apart. I want you to pay attention to what the Apostle Paul reminds us here. The Apostle Paul had a great relationship with the Thessalonian church. As he tells us, as he tells us his journey... He had some trouble in Philippi because here's what we know about churches. Someone, someone told me this way. Some churches are like you know cats. Anybody not a cat person here? Yeah. So when when they say some churches are like cats, it's it's why you're not a cat person, right? (laughs) But some churches are like the little puppies, right? Oh, they just want to love on you and right, they just want to lick where you want to be. Some churches like big dogs. They just come and they run you over. Amen. Amen? Which one are you? No, 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 no. <laughs> but what Paul says, Philippi he's had some trouble. A lot of trouble. And he gives thanks to God that when he came to the Thessalonian church, that they him. they heard the message. They <laughs> realized that even though he was facing persecution, he, he didn't resign himself to not preach. He wasn't trying to please the heart, the heart of people. He was trying to please the heart of, the heart. He the heart. of God. <laughs> and when he was trying you don't much care what other people think. That's right. Y'all with me? But he's thankful now that he's with the Thessalonian church because they have received him. And in this passage that Lonnie read for us, what he heard is he's saying, you remember, don't you, how we worked along with you. You remember the word we gave for you. You remember the example we gave. care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves. The church has had to relearn, thankfully, that people are not projects. That, That if we set ourselves out to do good, we aren't doing good because somebody else needs to be fixed. And aren't those people glad they have us? <laughs> people are not projects. And it seems like the Apostle Paul, he, he knew this, he understood this, he lived into this. He's telling the Thessalonian church, I want you to know that we care for you so deeply. We still care for you so deeply. We worked hard when we were with you. We set a good example. We shared the gospel. But it wasn't enough for us just to share gospel with you. We weren't kind of trying to give you a message and then moving on. We're sharing the gospel and we're sharing our lives with you as well. Mm -hmm. Sisters and brothers, that's what the world needs right now. Because you you know how it is. What do they say? Don't read the comment section. (laughs) Because you know what happens today? Somebody somebody has a feeling about something and they just throw their opinion out for it to go explode somewhere else. Oh, they stay back here. Not getting close. And what happens when we do that is that we create the bodies that we see, that the world tells us, are insurmountable. But God has something more meaningful, deeper for us to experience. And that life that is connected to the well-being and to the faith of each other. I want to suggest to you that... That this way of the world that we see, where everybody is so divided, even those of us who may feel like we're not divided, if we pay attention, we have to realize that even in church it happens, right? You, you have the, the, youth, the youth need to go over there and do their thing. They're too loud. The, the kids need to go down the hall, the little ones, because they're too loud. The old people, they need to stay up here because they don't walk nowhere. They can't hear <laughs> Brady, PO box three two no. I heard that. And so we want to we want to put everybody where they belong. And what we see in the scripture is that we belong with each other. That's right. And as and as much as as much as we try to divide ourselves, even for good reasons, what we're doing is we're separating ourselves. And what, what I want to suggest to you, when I want you, to, is I think that goes all the way back to Genesis. Adam and Eve were told you could have everything here, just leave that tree alone. The serpent tells Eve, was that really what God said? Come on. It's it's a a nice fruit. Come on. So she takes a bite. She gives a bite to her husband. I mean, let's remember, she took the bite first, but anyway. um, Then she gives it to her husband a lot of times we say, man, you know, the effect of the fall was that now we were separated from God. But if you pay attention to the story, before they realized they were separated from God now, they realized they had to hide from each other. As they, as they took the bite and the fruit together, it says their eyes were open. And then what do they do? And they ran along to go make some fig leaves for clothes now. So the first effect of the fall is not that we notice that when I was this kind of separation from God, we had a separation from each other. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you, sisters and brothers, we see that living out in our world repeatedly, over and over, mm-hmm. in so many heartbreaking ways. But we, sometimes unknowingly, are trying to keep that distance from each other. We're trying to make sure that you don't get enough to me and what I'm dealing with in my life. Because I don't know what you want to, you might have something to tell you to me. You you might take advantage of my situation. You might try to judge me. And so we've let fear keep that same separation instead of allowing God to break those things down. See, church is supposed to be that to the world. In our in our online study this week we, we read from another part of Thessalonians where, where Paul says that our witness is like a is like stars in the sky. And you know, I, to me sometimes we hear that and it sounds like kind of mumbo jumbo like positive thinking. We could be like stars in the sky. But then I I, I wondered if, if Paul is, is asking us maybe to, to think about another star that was in the sky before. You remember the white right? We're getting ourselves ready for Christmas. that star in the sky it wasn't just there. That star <coughs> Actually led the wise man where to Jesus. and so maybe if the church could hear this calling again to live life together in a different way that when Paul says we could be like the stars in the sky it's not just like we're up there sitting and we're looking pretty or we're not just up there as big balls of gas <laughs> that's the 13 year old that I work with right yeah. But that actually, when Paul says we can be stars in the sky, what he might be saying is that we, we could live as the body of Christ and live as an example to the world. Then what we might be able to do is have that world follow that light to Christ once again. Amen. But That's going to take work on our On our behalf. We're going to have to be willing to open ourselves. We're going to have to be willing to let people live. We're going to have to be honest, too. I've talked to people in churches all the time and have a long time now, and nobody ever says, oh, I'm not welcoming, oh, well, I'm not friendly. And I think they're right. They are friendly. But here's what tends to happen. They're friendly with their friends. They're friendly with who they know. Now, that's friendly. But I think God might be asking us to do something different to be willing to open ourselves up in a way that could shine the light the world to see what Christian community is really about. You see, there's a word for there's a word for when you know you only want to hang out with your friends, you only want to talk with your friends, you're only nice to people who are nice to you. There's a word for it. It's not church. It's junior high. But church is the place is the place where anybody can come sit anywhere because God has brought them there. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter how they dress. It doesn't matter where they come from. Because those things matter more to who? To us. I wonder if God is challenging us with all... Let's just real for a second. Has anybody in the last I don't know, three months ever complain about the way the world is? Ooh. People are so, mm, man, I can't believe how so-and-so does. Mm, man, I can't believe he said, mm, or she, mm. anybody. Everybody's hand should be raised right now. I know y'all. What if we could do something about it? What if, Instead of just being another person who complains about it, what if we could be a body of Christ that could live out scripture tells us Christ is. Do you think, do you believe, do we trust that that be like stars in the sky leading people to Christ? I'm convinced though. So. That's going to take work, sisters and brothers. So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you some homework. We love homework, don't we? My kids are smart, it's Thomas. It's homework is home fun. <laughs> you know what do you do? Just uh, pretend the preacher's not here. You know, just like some of you do. Just pretend I'm not here, right? And take a quick, <laughs> take a quick glance around this room, real quick. Kind of see who's around you. Kind of see who's in the back. Just kind of take a, take a, take a look around. Can I come back now? All right. Some, one person said, "Yeah." Another person said, "Can we have a vote?" Um, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to have lunch with someone this week you don't really know. I want you to find one of these people that you see, or maybe somebody else that you know. You kind of remember the name. You can't remember if it's this or this. Never happens to you. It's like uh, I know their name. Oh my gosh! It never happens to me, by the way. Have lunch with someone you don't really know. And when you're there, ask them about the family. Ask them about where they come from. Ask them what they're praying for. And maybe even do something crazy like pray with them. That's sharing our life together. That's what the Apostle Paul says. I'm determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own self. Share yourself with the body of Christ so that we can be a witness to the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we should pray, sisters and brothers, because often we're not very good at doing that. Um, But if if you want to live into that example and that witness, I want you to pray with me now. Almighty God, we are grateful for the people that you have put into our lives. Grateful God for those that we know and we know well and maybe that love us and that we consider to be just like family. We also give you thanks for those people that we don't know so well. Yet give us when we these walls up. Forgive us when we have kept ourselves separated. God, free us so that we could share our lives together just the way you intended for us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we trust. Amen. 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 Thank be to God.